if you're listening to the Riverside Voice, I'm Annie. I'm Lauren. And this week we have a special guest. Nikki Bush! Hi! <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Nikki was a participant in Terrain, which we'll get into a little bit. But you are, again, you're listening to the Riverside Voice. It is October 3rd, 24th. October 4th, <laughs> 2014, and we will be talking about the John A. Finch Arboretum terrain and what we think downtown would be if it were perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So we're going to start with terrain, and Nikki, can you just explain to us what terrain is? Yeah, so Terrain is a one-night event in Spokane. It's an arts and culture event, and it's been going on for seven years now. So it was started seven years ago, and it's progressively uh, gotten bigger and bigger. Um, there's been more participants each year, and it's actually a nonprofit organization. They have a website and a Facebook, so both of those sites will explain it a little bit better than I can. But um, this year, for instance, there were over a 1,000 entries, and they ended up picking about 200 entries as well as, I think, about 10 bands. And it's a free, all-ages event, basically just to uh, celebrate arts and culture in the Inland Northwest. Very cool. So um, how is this year different than past years of terrain? Well, first off, the location was different. They had normally uh, done it in the music building downtown on 1st. Um, I think there's a more specific name for it, but they uh, moved to a more permanent location this year, the Washington Cracker Factory, which is on Pacific Avenue in downtown Spokane. And the organizers of Terrain are also hoping to have a more permanent home there and uh, art art, uh, exhibits and projects uh, week to week. So that's kind of the long-term goal. So first off, the location was different, um, but with that location difference, there... I felt like there was a different sort of clientele there this year. There uh, were many more people than I remember seeing in the past. Last year at Terrain 6, it was fairly crowded, but this year, I think I waited in line for at least least 20 minutes just to get in the door, and there were lines to do various um, either performance pieces inside or even to get up the stairs. So I was sort of shocked about how many people I saw there, which was great for Terrain, but was also worrying that they had this great big space, but it still didn't seem to accommodate the flow of traffic um, and the people who were entering into it. Mm -hmm. I saw that as Terrain was amping up for the big day, they created a hashtag, we all build this. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that or why they decided to create that? Well, I've noticed they've used this hashtag in the past, but I I agree. I know that in the... um, especially in the last couple months, they've really ramped up. So if you go on Instagram or uh, Facebook, Tumblr, any of those social media sites and you type in, we all build this, a lot of promos for Terrain will come up. Um, And basically, I think it was just a PR technique for them, um, as well as a way to, uh, you know, include not only the artists who are featured in Terrain, but um, to include the participants. I'm a firm believer that Terrain isn't Terrain without the people, that uh, even spectators and participants are part of this building process. So I think it's not only a PR technique, but a way for terrain to be more all-encompassing. Cool. Um, what do you think, like, where do you think, like, the arts culture stands in Spokane? And how does terrain contribute to that? Do you feel like there mm-hmm. is much of an, of an art culture here? I think we're trying. I think um, it's grown in the last couple years. And Uh, You know, shows like Terrain definitely are planting the seeds. We've also had 
had some great uh, music venues pop up, like the Big Dipper and the Bartlett, which are uh, more all ages friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's still work to be done. Actually, uh, there was a piece in the Inlander not long ago um, by Luke Baumgarten, yeah. who is uh, also one of the organizers of Terrain, and he uh, wrote about how Spokane is a very it's a unique city in a unique place. And I'm paraphrasing here; the, the actual quote is much better. And I think I really think we're on the cusp of something artistically, um, but I would like to see more growth because I think right now we're trying to do too many things. Um, but I I would like to see Spokane become more focused and uh, have more arts growth on a smaller scale. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. And how was your experience as a featured artist? <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that. I, I had a small piece in terrain. It wasn't anything major. And um, my piece was actually on a wall with a bunch of other pieces that sort of had this motif of, um, you know, urban isolation, some urban ennui going on. And at first when I saw it, I was like, oh, I don't know if I would have put my piece. My piece was called Sellout, and it was uh, making a very distinct anti-capitalist statement, which I don't think was translated very well based on some of the artists I had talked to. Um, but it actually worked really well um, in uh, in response and in dialogue to these other pieces. Um, I went to the artist reception the night, the night before, and I got a chance to talk to some of the artists. Um, but that was sort of a big... Uh, I guess, point of contention I had with a bunch of different artists. Uh, Like, we were definitely on the same page about this, but it's sad that a lot of these pieces were only up for one night. I think uh, another thing Spokane could be doing to grow their art scene is having more discussion about the arts. So uh, with a few artists, we sort of talked about how, you know, it's great that we have all these pieces and all of this exposure, but not only do the artists not really get to talk about it, but the participants and the viewers of Terrain don't really get a chance to talk to the artists about their piece. So um, I personally felt that uh, my piece, while I was so glad to have it included, I wasn't able to convey as much as I would have liked with it. And part of that's due to the nature of Terrain being so short and um, just the fact that, you know, it's such a big show, there's so many people. Um, But just little tweaks like that would be good, I think. As a viewer and someone who doesn't have a lot of, like, artistic literacy, um, it would have, you know, I found myself looking around being like, oh, this stuff looks cool. I don't know what it means. I don't know what anything is saying here, you know, and I couldn't really analyze anything beyond, like, I like how that looks. I don't like how that looks, which is not, you know, there's so much more to it than that. Mm -hmm. So that would be cool if there was a way to bring that out. And I don't know if that's just writing up a paragraph that goes with it or what, but mm-hmm. that's a good point. What Nikki was saying earlier about the size of terrain and the nature of it, bringing in um, a different clientele this year. Um, the fact that it's one night does bring up some, some issues. I think um, one, there's no way you can interact with <laughs> artists <laughs> yeah. but, like with their pieces because people are just trying to move and see the different art. And just trying to get in the door. Yeah, even. trying to get in the door. And I even picked up three cans of crushed Red Bull that were, like, shoved in a corner. Really? But, yeah, because, you know. Well, I, that was a sculpture, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> you really didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, but I thought, well, this, this is bringing, you know, people who are feeling just squished in this space and you know, um, don't respect it as much, and, and they should, because even though it's one night, doesn't mean, you know, you have to be inconsiderate, um, 
sort of thing. So definitely, yeah, yeah. As viewers of Terrain, did you did either of you see things that you liked or you didn't like, or do you have any specific opinions about your experience last night? I would not really with the individual art, but like back to that respect thing. I thought that the vibe, the vibe of the place is kind of interesting because it the vibe was definitely not like an art museum where you're like mm-hmm. going and you're like admiring the art and like maybe talking about it with, you know, whoever you're with and stuff. It was almost more of like a house party vibe. Yeah. Um, cause yeah. it, you know, it was kind of dark and it's funky colored lights and there was music playing. Um, and you know, it was crowded and there were lots of people <laughs> trying to get places and you know, it had all of those aspects to it. And then there was, you know, this cool art to look at, but it definitely, yeah, it just had the vibe of it almost felt more like a house party than an mm. art show. Yeah, and, I mean, it's great that it's so social, but, yeah, a lot of times we would run into friends, and that would distract us from, <laughs> you know, participating with the art more, and, and taking it in, we would get sidetracked by catching up with people, which is fine, that's great, but not the real core, I think, of what Terrain is all about, about celebrating these, these emerging thoughts and, and everything, but... Um, a couple of pieces that stuck out to me. One, the big dream catcher. Mm, yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, that was amazing. The bathroom that didn't have <laughs> toilet. <laughs> I feel like if I was if I had a few more drinks in me, I'd wander in and be like, where is the toilet? Yeah, that could have ended very badly for some people. <laughs> yes, let's see what else. Um, of course, Nikki's. <laughs> Nikki's feet. <laughs> <We're so laughs> and let's see, there were heads with lights mm. that change colors. Almost like Tiffany style lamp. Yes. Lights. Yeah. So, I mean, in that respect, pieces weren't trivial at all. I mean, they stuck, they were different and stuck out in your mind. So, yeah. um, one, I guess, final thought with this that I've been thinking about is the difference between um, pedestrian art and accessible art because I, I, I don't know sometimes I feel like uh, a lot of our popular culture can be very pedestrian and what I mean by that is that you know it's kind of run of the run of the mill and it's it's kind of like the Kesha principle like anyone can do it but you did it and Kesha did so like anyone could be in this position creating this art but you were not that person um, and sometimes I worry about that with large-scale uh, projects like that with terrain. And I, I mean, I'm sure people could argue my art is a little bit pedestrian. But sometimes making that distinction between pedestrian and accessible is important. Because I, I'm a firm believer that art should be accessible. And that's what I love about terrain, that it's free. You know, everyone is welcome. But I worry that it's because of the scale, it can be a little bit pedestrian, not just in the creation of the art, but, you know, the people who chomp through and leave their Red Bull cans, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah. that, that was interesting for me to think about this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Where would you like to see Terrain go in the future? I would like to see it uh, become a more permanent fixture in Spokane, and I think we're already on the road to that, but um, I don't want to say more exclusive, but there were there. It felt like going to the Louvre last night. Like you can't take it all in. There were easily, you know, probably fifty pieces I didn't see last night. One because there were people everywhere, but you just don't have time, and the fatigue you feel is just so overwhelming. And I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at with the accessibility piece. Like I think it's important for a train to be accessible, but not pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so. 
point out to our listeners too, we were there at the peak time. Oh, the yeah, peak time, definitely. Yeah, around 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. So, and then Nikki had mentioned that there were fewer people around 1 a.m. Yes. So, so yeah, you can take in the art all you want then. All you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm probably earlier in the evening. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I believe it started at 5, so yeah. yeah. That would have been very different. I would have been doing. But, yeah. Yeah. There were two people giving out free kisses. <laughs> yeah. I received one of those kisses. Yeah. Yes, me too. On the cheek. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I heard some people compare that to Burning Man. Like, does that sort of stuff happen at Burning Man? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There were definitely kind of some Coachella Burning, at least what I imagine Burning Man to Mm -hmm. be like. Some Kind of some of those vibes and kind of like what you're saying, Lauren, like sort of the house party vibes. And I think because all three of us are recent graduates, it's very, it's easy to relate it to that. But yeah, Yeah. when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. No, but I mean, I think we're all proud of what terrain oh, for sure. definitely is becoming and and what it will continue to be yeah yeah for sure yeah so um our next topic we uh went and visited the arboretum the finch arboretum today and it was my first time out there mm-hmm. i don't know if i know you had been there before i've been there yes uh like two years ago so okay. it's been a while mm-hmm. okay and my first time too excellent yeah. yeah and um it was just a really cool place to go and um you know, have that big space with a lot of trees and just, you know, even though you could hear the freeway, it like, I didn't feel like I could hear the freeway. Um, so that was, it just felt like a nice, um, urban retreat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of background on the Arboretum. Arboretum. It was developed in the 1950s and it's named after John A. Finch, and he was a mining magnate, um, good friends with Amos Campbell, who lived in Brown's Edition, and Campbell, you'll recognize that name, was the Campbell House over by Mac, the Mac Museum, and he, according to the spokesman review, he was an amateur pop, popularist, or, (laughs) yeah, so, yeah, this gift, he left this gift. He's a man of the people. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Mining magnet, but man of the people, yeah. (laughs) So, he left this gift of $250,000, and they have built this up into um, a beautiful, beautiful space. I loved the trees there. It reminded me a lot of Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, and I thought, I don't need to go to Golden Gate Park ever again. I have the Finch <laughs> Arboretum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't a huge space, but it was definitely no. big enough to walk around in and, mm-hmm. like, enjoy and be a good place to, like, sit and read a book. Or mm-hmm. And we saw a lot of, like, families yeah. and, you know, people playing football, and it yeah. just seemed like a nice place to relax. People taking senior pictures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, oh. and there was a... um. Just a little, I sort of expected it to be, to be a little bit more of like, expected it to be like a counter inside the, you know, tour building or whatever. Um, <laughs> but there was not. There were just uh, some, but there were some displays and they were kind of snarky, which was really entertaining. Yes. So definitely check those out if you go visit. Um, yeah, and all the trees are labeled with, you know, what kind of tree they are and when they were planted. And so that's kind of cool if you want to look at that stuff. And, uh, and then we wandered over to, what was it, the Glen? The, the Covey Glen? Yeah. Yeah, named after the other guy who founded um, the area. And that, just, that had a little bit more flowers. More flowers and kind of more of a hiking feel to it. Like, we, we, we 
briefly hiked, I'm not much of a hiker, but we briefly hiked up this little hill and it was, it was a bit more, uh, sort of a, of a foresty sort of vibe yeah. over there. Whereas, yeah. yeah, less parky. Yeah. Whereas yeah, more, the arboretum is, there's a lot more open spaces mm-hmm. and lots of pine trees too. Yeah. And a nice little trail you can walk on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And benches everywhere. Yes. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, uh, I only wish that the leaves had been all brightly colored. Changing, yeah. Yeah, when we were there. I'm sure that would have been beautiful. They were still green right now. Mm-hmm. But but that means in like two weeks. That means it's very be soon. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's free. Yes. All, all year round. It's the most so, important part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> free, free events on the show today. <laughs> we love freedom. Yes. <laughs> America. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the Arboretum is definitely something we love about Spokane. And anything else you wanted to mention? I think about? so. Just, I would definitely That's recommend nice. checking it out. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice, you know, nice, relaxing place to spend some time. Yes, definitely. And it is fantastic green space. And that's that will lead us to our next discussion. <laughs> Beautiful um, transition. Yes. Downtown <laughs> <laughs> um, Spokane. The three of us have lived in Spokane for about four or five years now, and we talk about what can be done downtown to make it better to live, make us want to be there more, um, besides just working or going out, and um, green space will be something we'll talk about, and yeah, let's just bounce some ideas off mm-hmm. of each other. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I was, was reading... Um reading about, um, you know, downtowns and it just how important it is to get people, especially young people, because, you know, families just kind of tend to want to go live somewhere where they can have a little more space. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, schools and all that kind of stuff. But it's like to have young people who want to live in downtown and be, you know, walking around and actively engaged. Um, and I've just been noticing as I've been downtown that there's just not a lot of people walking around, mm-hmm. um, except for somewhat during the lunch hour. Yeah. But other than that, you don't really see people walking around unless they're, you know, homeless. And that's, that's not the vibe that we want. No, I actually had an aunt visiting from New York and she, I mean, she's used to the crowded streets yeah. of New York and they were walking, walking around. I, I want to say maybe on a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon, something like that. And she couldn't believe the lack of people. She she was like, where is everyone? Like, is everyone, you know, busy doing something else? And I had to tell her, no, that's just, that's kind of what our downtown is like. It's not really a bustling, vibrant urban center. Right. Right. And I think it could be. Definitely. I think it definitely has the potential to be. And I don't, I wonder what it would mean to make it that way. What do you think is stopping people from walking around down there? I mean, I'm wondering, we recently had the addition of Huntington Park. I'm not sure if it's gotten a new name yet, but it's kind of in the area right behind City Hall and um, as well as Kendall Yards, which is across the river on the the North Bank. Um, And it seems like that was, you know, a a play to try and get more urban growth and urban development. Do you think we need more spaces like that or do you think we need more green spaces or something else entirely? I kind of think... One of the things I was talking about when Annie and I were talking about this recently um, is that it would be great to have, because you have the mall, mm-hmm. and people, you, there are people walking around in the mall all the time, mm-hmm. but it would be so cool if there were just more little stores that people could, you know, the kind of place where you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to go walk around and poke my head in, you know, in that bookstore, in that thrift store, in that, consi- you know, just different places you kind of poke your head in. I feel like downtown is 
there's a lot of restaurants and stuff, which is great, but that's the kind of place where you go and you stop and you're there and then you get back in your car and you drive home. So I don't know if that would maybe make it easier to walk around. I think it would. I I think it would. If there was a coalition almost for small businesses, that would be really good because I know rent downtown is very high Mm -hmm. and um, we all love to support small businesses, but um, it's hard for them to survive downtown because lack of traffic, um, right. of walking traffic. There are so many empty buildings in Spokane. There are, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah, and I know window dressing um, <laughs> is doing a great job to bring art into those empty buildings. I was thinking um, some of those empty buildings, perhaps having like chalk like a chalkboard along the walls. People could go up and design different things and be creative. I know that invites obscenity. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about that. Yeah, a lot of the chalk would only stay there for... Oh, that's true. The chalk would stay there for only so long. But kind of that idea of not only having something to go into, but something that people can participate outside of the building. So interactive investment. Yeah, interactive investment. They had a cool yeah. um, uh, festival, I guess, in Minneapolis when I was there mm-hmm. called Open Streets. And mm-hmm. a couple of times during the summer, they would shut down like one of the biggest main streets and just shut it down to traffic for like a mile, two miles. Wow. And then there was nothing really going on, per se. Um, it was just... It was just the streets open. You can walk. You can bike out here. Some people would bring, you know, someone brought, like, a ping-pong table and set it up in the middle of the street. Oh, wow. To just sort of facilitate, like, interaction with that space. Someone was, you know, um, just doing some, like, slam poetry that they just, you know, pulled a mic out into (laughs) the front of their business. Some people were doing. So it was just a really cool, like, very grassroots. um, I think there might have been a couple food, food trucks, but, like, not really a lot of organization there. Um, but yeah, like me and my brother met some people cause we were just walking and they had set up this big, some Nordic game that I had never heard of <laughs> in the middle of the street. And we were like, Oh, what's that? And they're like, Oh, jump in. You guys should play. And it was just a really cool community, um, community event where people were really open to talking with each other. So it would be cool to see something like that in Spokane. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. In what ways, I know, Annie, you're originally from the Midwest, and Lauren, you're from the Seattle area. In what ways do you think uh, sort of examples set in your respective areas could be translated to Spokane? Like, I know you had mentioned Minneapolis because you used to live there, too, but have you seen Seattle uh, use their urban center as a way to welcome people? Not really. Um, And I I haven't spent a lot of time downtown in Seattle because I, you know, I grew up in the suburbs and stuff, but... I, I definitely always felt like people who were walking around downtown, other than they have like a sort of a Christmas, some stuff going on around the Christmas season every year when you get more families and people just down there at night. But yeah, I don't really feel like you see a lot of that um, downtown other than like, you know, walking to work yeah. or that sort of thing, which I think would be great to see more of that here. If there are more people living downtown who could walk to work. And then, you know, walk home. And then when you're walking home, you might be like, oh, I'm going to stop at this coffee shop. Definitely. And, mm-hmm. You know, instead of driving where you're just like, well, I'm not going to park and <laughs> deal with all that. <laughs> you have to find quarters. Right. It's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like, so to go off of that, I think thinking of a way to bring our home to downtown would be cool. I'm 
where I grew up in a small town, we didn't we didn't spend a lot of time downtown unless we were going to a movie or a coffee shop or something. But the town, like eight miles away from my hometown, it was very historic, and we spent a lot of time down there. It was by the water, and um, I think the charm of it was that it was historic. And I know that Spokane couldn't revert to like, <laughs> historic architecture, but. I mean, people are very nostalgic, so if there's a way, you know, to make something intriguing, um, you know, even on the sidewalks or something, make it safe and also intriguing to interact with. Yeah. Yeah, I almost, I mean, I do wonder sometimes what it is about Spokane, because I feel like, you know, we have Riverfront Riverfront Park, which is just right downtown. It's beautiful. And it's beautiful, and it's, you know, nice open space, it's quite clean. Um, there's that little cafe there, which I've never gone to. Oh, I haven't either. The Fountain um, Cafe? Yeah. 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 Which, like, that's a great place for a cafe. Um, if it wasn't there, I'd be like, I wish we had a... <laughs> there. I've never gone. I don't know why. Um, so, yeah, I just, I mean, I feel like we have that great space, and there are, you know, lots of coffee shops and all that stuff, and I don't know if people don't walk around there because people don't walk around down there. And it's sort of a catch-22, because mm-hmm. it does feel like most of the things that you need, other than decent public transportation, right, yeah. are yeah. there. And right. significant grocery stores. Like, there's, yeah. other than Main Market and Grocery Outlet, I'm going to plug for Grocery Outlet, because I love them. Right. Um, but they're almost in Browns. They're over, just off of Maple. Well, yeah, Main Market's so expensive. It's very expensive. It's not, yeah, delicious, but not the most economical. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely make it easier to live downtown. And if you live there, like Kyle Miller lives down there, and he's always walking around going places because he lives right there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why not? It, yeah. There's all of these great things. But, yeah, I wonder if part of the problem is getting downtown, one, because of transportation, but also no paying for parking, which, granted, Spokane's a lot better than, you know, Seattle or Portland or even, God forbid, L.A., but mm-hmm. still you have to look for quarters or you have to, you know, you have to, you know, an extra couple bucks. Exactly. You have to plan it. Yeah. It's not a spontaneous sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Although, also, Spokane has too many parking lots. Yeah. Like, you know, you're walking around and half of what you're walking past is parking lots. Yeah. So, it's definitely a tough balance. Good. Yeah. I try. I try and walk around down there. (laughs) I try to. Mm -hmm. And it's nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I'm excited to, because I think that that's improved just in the last few years. Couple since years, this year. yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that keeps changing. Mm-hmm. As new things keep on opening, and mm-hmm. hopefully people try and fill in some of those empty buildings. Definitely. Because they're cool. A lot of them are cool, old brick And they buildings. are, like, historic buildings. So, yeah, kind of what you are saying, Annie, if they could maybe, I don't, alert is not the right word, but, uh, you know, showcase those buildings a bit more, maybe that would get... Uh, some of the public more excited about, right. you know, all this history we have around us. Right. Yeah. That's actually yeah. one of the things I think is really cool about Spokane. It's like most cities, the color of the downtown is gray. Yeah. Like the buildings are all gray. Like the color of downtown, it's like red. It's, it's red and orange. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Like it, really looks, cool. it looks pretty, mm-hmm. you know, prettier than just 
gray slabs of nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Heartless yeah. slabs of nothing. Yeah. And even the new hotel that's going in across from the convention center, mm-hmm. yeah. as much as I personally <laughs> protested it, you know, through its building phases, <laughs> I will admit that the, the glass reflects sunsets so well. Huh. And I thought, okay, I, I can warm up to this <laughs> thing that's going to bring good economy to the city. <laughs> and it, it doesn't look awful with, with the nature. So... Yeah, um, so, yeah, maybe finding ways to reflect, um, reflect nature in downtown, too. What was the quote that you had mentioned at the Arboretum? I really love that. Yeah, so, by Walt Whitman? By Walt Whitman, yeah. Yep, he basically said, um, we should move as if we're in nature. So, the way we're interacting with our city, with our neighborhood, um, mentally, it should be a place um, as if we're move, um, freely moving in nature. That's so beautiful. And, and flowers. Yeah, it's it's really good. And, I mean, the, the study of green space and the benefits on the mind is not new. Um, yeah. it, even when workers are in a cubicle and they have a tree outside their window, they concentrate better than having a, a brick wall. Um, and also, um, when there's nature around a neighborhood or even with living downtown, um, domestic violence rates drop when there's more greenery around than if it was more concrete. Wow, I didn't know that. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I think trees. They're good things. Yes, trees are, even if they don't have Wi-Fi. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the Arboretum inside joke. So (laughs) So you'll have to go there to understand it. Yes. (laughs) This is us plugging the Arboretum. Yeah. All about the Arboretum. Yes. But if you have ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Make a comment on our blog. Yes, you can email us at riversidevoicepodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And thank you again for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.